Hello, my name is Todd Martin from Smithville Mennonite Church, and I'm glad we're here again together to be in God's Word. Why don't I take a moment to pray? Lord, thank you for this time that we can spend together. Thank you for your Word. I pray that it would speak to us right now, and Lord, that there would be more of you and less of me. Through Christ I come. Amen. Well, in my last message, I preached about shepherds, uh, and those in, in Scripture represent pastors, and how they got busted for not taking care of the sheep, that is, the people. But then I tried to open up the application to include others who are called to the shepherding ministry, like spouses, parents, adult children, even friends can be in a shepherding role in our lives. The bottom line was we need to be faithful and care for the sheep, God's people, because that's what God wants us to do. But what about those sheep? Does God have anything to say to the flock, that is, his people? Well, in the rest of Ezekiel chapter 34, he does just that. In fact, the text gives us five distinct things, or what I would call rules, we need to know about being faithful sheep. So to be clear, just like shepherds are pastors, sheep are the people or the congregation. And this is your overarching point for the sermon today. If you want to jot this down, this is what I would call your sermon in six seconds. Good sheep follow the great shepherd and his rules. Good sheep follow the great shepherd and his rules. Now turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 34. We've been in the book of Ezekiel for quite some time over at Smithville Mennonite. Uh, after this, there will be one more message from Ezekiel. Then we'll be moving on to Thessalonians as we uh, move forward. But for now, you need to know this is the second part of chapter 34. And we're going to talk about sheep. Hand in hand with imagery of the shepherd are the sheep, the flock. And these we know are the people of God. So these rules apply literally to everyone who is a child of God. Listen to this text. I'm in Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 17. You can follow along as I read. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? A sub-point that perhaps you want to jot down from verses 17 through 19 would be, Think of others, not just yourself. Oh my goodness, if there's a point we need in our world today to apply to our lives, think of others, not just yourself. And then my challenge question for you is, what is one way you can 
care for others this week. Now, this rule best expressed in Jesus' words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't know much about sheep, but I spent quite a bit of time with cows in my youth. I was always amazed at how cows would walk in the same paths through the pasture. There would be paths through the grass. They would instinctively protect the grazing grass for each other. This is what God wants us to do, too. Think of others before ourselves. One of the core principles of Growing Kids, that is a parenting ministry that we have at Smithville Mennonite uh, that Eric and Roxy Ramsar teach, is the preciousness of others. Now, that's a, a principle embedded in the gospel itself. And I know that was one of the things we enjoyed and appreciated, that that was at the core of parenting. We consider the preciousness of others, not only our children, but the people around us. Let me tell you a story. Every Christmas, the founder of the Salvation Army in London, England, General William Booth, looked forward to addressing the crowd at the Army's annual convention. He loved seeing the faces of those who were dedicated to the charity and were passionate about to serve. But on Christmas in 1910, General Booth's health was poor and he knew he would not be able to attend the convention in person. When the thousands in attendance were told that he would not be present, a wave of sadness and disappointment swept over the crowd. General Booth's speeches every year were the highlight, and sometimes they were something everything, I'm sorry, General Booth's speeches every year was the highlight and something everyone looked forward to all year round. However, Booth had sent a telegram to be read. As the moderator opened the telegram, the thousands waited in anticipation to hear his message. His telegram was then read out loud to the crowd. And here's what it said. Others! Exclamation point. Signed, General Booth. One word. Others. That was it. But one word was all that was needed. Those six letters reminded the crowd what was at the very heart of the charity. Serving others. Putting the needs of other people before our own. Not focusing inward, but focusing outward to serve, love, and give to others. Now, just a, another bonus Bible verse if you want to jot down this reference. Uh, Philippians 2.3. Philippians 2.3. Listen to this verse. Don't be selfish. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. What if we would think of others more than ourselves? What are ways you can help others, even if it's inconvenient or even if it's uncomfortable? Let me, let me address one of the elephants uh, in our cultural rooms today. Can I just say that every single person that wears a mask is living out this rule? You wear a mask for others. 
As I put out on our sign several weeks ago, love thy neighbor, mask thyself. Of course, that's an uncomfortable thing. It's an inconvenient thing. But you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for others. That's rule number one. Think of others. Rule number two is found in this next text. I'm going back to Ezekiel 34, verse 20. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. Your subpoint for verses 20 through 22, uh, it comes right out of the uh, public school conduct handbook, No Bullying Allowed. Again, no bullying allowed. Then I ask this question as sensitively as I can. Who have you been bumping around lately? Friends, here is a call for peace in the flock. This is a good word to all of us in how we relate to each other. I know in quarantine, it's easy to get a little stir crazy and the shoving starts to happen. In tight quarters of community, it's easy for the horns to come out. And I've heard more than once people talking about butting heads with other people in church. You know, I'm amazed at how often the people we love the most, we hurt the worst. Proximity often makes for easy targets. If there is any fruit of the Spirit I need most, it's the often overlooked one called gentleness. You know, I was impacted early in life by some fairly mean people. Compounding that is that they were relatives. So I could even be genetically predisposed to be a real meanie. This is why I need to hear, and maybe you do too, don't shove people with flank and shoulder, especially those who are close to you. Well, that sounds silly, but it's true. Don't butt your buddies. Don't flank your family. Be gentle. I wonder if every human being should probably have on them prominently a little sign or label that says, fragile, handle with care. But you know, we don't have that sign, do we? Now verses 21 and 22 should make us pause. Are we driving off the weak? Is my carelessness and roughness actually driving off those who are more weak or vulnerable? Look hard at verse 22. I will judge between one sheep and another. God won't just hold shepherds accountable. He will hold the sheep accountable as well. Again, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. My wife hates wearing masks for a variety of good reasons. We've had arguments about wearing masks, but I shared a story with her and it changed her perspective. Not that suddenly she enjoys wearing a mask, but rather is gladly to make the sacrifice for others. You see, I know of an older couple who came to our worship service after months of missing it. 
Now, they have no internet, and they heard most everyone in our building is wearing a mask. So they came only to have people with no masks approach them, and they felt afraid. They were unsure they should come back. You see, they had family members die from the virus. So it's very real for them. Think about that. Is there someone who's been driven off by your roughness? Like verse 21 says. Maybe it's time to gently seek them out. Maybe it's time to consider how we may be bullying people and just stop doing it. Rule number two, no bullying allowed in the flock. I'm going to pick up our text in verse 23. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David. He will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God. And my shepherd David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of wild beasts so that they may live in the desert and sleep in the forests in safety. Your subpoint for verses 23 through 25, follow the leader. How can you submit to authority this week? Your point is follow the leader, but your challenge question is, how can you submit to authority this week? Now, this is what we covered last week. God appoints earthly shepherds to tend the flock. David is the poster boy of God's shepherds. He was a man after God's own heart, a shepherd by trade and family heritage. To this day, no king is held in higher esteem than David. They say his star is on the center of the Israeli flag. This is why Jesus was referred to as a son of David. It's a name with authority. You see, God's people follow David. But I find it very interesting that in verse 24, look closely, he is referred to not as a king, but as a what? A prince. Every earthly shepherd is appointed by the great shepherd. Now when the sheep obey the prince, simultaneously they obey the king. Now verse 25 is the benefit. When you have a shepherd, you have peace. The shepherd eliminates the wild beasts in your life. He helps the flock find water in the desert so they can even live there. He watches over the flock at night so they can sleep safely in the forest. You see, there is freedom in following the leader when you don't have, that you don't have on your own. Oh, friends, there is a rebellious spirit hovering around right now that says freedom means I listen to no one. But you know, that's just a lie. The first sin way back in the garden with Adam and Eve was disobedience. I know better than God. Friends, that's just a lie. God wants us to live fearless lives, free from the wild beasts 
free from the darkness and the desert and what can scare us. He wants us to be able to live anywhere, even in the desert, and thrive. He wants you to be able to rest in peace, even in the woods. This is freedom we only find under the watchful eye of a shepherd. You know, several years back, I slept out in the woods with my sons. Now, I'm not sure I slept more than 10 minutes at a time. I would hear a twig snap and the grass would rustle. My eyes would pop open. See, I was watching over my boys. That's when I realized I wish someone would have been watching over me. I believe we all crave to be led, to be cared for and watched over by a protector. It's the sheep in all of us. Follow your desire to do rule number three. That is, follow the leader. And when you do, the blessings will roll down. And we're going to get into those next. These are rules of joy. These are rules you love to follow because they are the marks of true freedom. Let's get back into our text in verse 26. I will bless them and the places surrounding my hill. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees of the field will yield their fruit, and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord. When I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them, they will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild beasts devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of nations. Here comes rule number four. Verses 26 through 29, subpoint. You can have all you need. You can have all you need. Then your challenge question. I, I wish you would talk to somebody about this. Even today, how have you experienced God's providence or protection this week? How have you experienced God's providence or protection this week? Now, this may seem a little weird as a rule, but the reality that life in the flock is this with the shepherd. A shepherd that will supply all we need is something we should always remember. It's easy to forget. What do I mean? Unless I reflect regularly on the blessings God showers down on me and I live under his rule, I begin to take it for granted. Perhaps I even begin to feel entitled to the blessings I'm receiving. Oh, friends, this is a dangerous mindset. I have a sign sermon that I put out on our sign in front of the church, out on State Route 585. I like it. Try it out. You can't be thankful for what you feel entitled to. Think about that. You can't be thankful for what you feel entitled to. Friends, we live in a blessed nation. We enjoy freedoms and luxuries most of the world does not know. 
I believe we have been blessed far beyond our worthiness, so we should be humble. We are entitled to nothing. It is only the grace of God that allows us to live and love the way we do, and we should be eternally thankful. Friend, how have you experienced God's providence or protection this week? I believe the reason we worship God on Sundays, especially, is to say, Thank you, Father, for the week past, the good and the bad. Not that God makes the bad, but allows the bad. And friends, this all comes from His hand for our benefit. Now, in the coming week, we ask Him to bless us again, and we will be thankful knowing that it all is coming through you and to us for your glory. But wait, there's one more rule. In fact, it's the best rule of all. Rule number five, verse 30 is where I'm going to read, 30 and 31. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, are people, and I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord. Rule number five, subpoint for verses 30 through 31. You will know who you are and whose you are. Can I just ask, who is your shepherd and who is your flock? Again, this is hardly a rule. It's a blessing we can embrace, and it touches our deepest need to know and to be known by God who created us and loves us. Look hard at verse 30, and then they will know. Can I ask you right now, what do you know? In this day, it really seems that there is so little that we know. Even what we think we know can change tomorrow. But this we can know, that there is a God who loves us, a God who cares for us and will provide and protect us from all harm. He'll even protect us from each other. I heard it said once that the Bible is God's love letter to his people. Through the incredible sacrifice Jesus made on the cross, we can become his people, children of Abraham, people of Israel. Through the blood of Jesus, he makes us family. He makes us a part of the flock. But we often forget how to act like his people. This is why God is kind enough to give us rules to guide us in our lives together with each other and him. These are not rules without relationship, but rather rules that enhance relationship. Let me do a quick review of what we covered today. In verses 17 through 19, think of others, not just yourself. And again, I'm going to challenge you. What is one way you can care for another this week? Could you give someone a call, send them a text, 
or even a letter? Could you reach out and care for others this week? Verses 20 through 22, no bullying allowed. Then I ask, who is it you've been bumping? Is it time to seek forgiveness? Is it time to try and be a little more gentle? Verses 23 through 25, follow the leader. How can you submit to authority this week? How about being on time and on task at work or at school? How about paying respect where respect is due? Rule number four, verses 26 through 29, you can have all you need. Ask yourself and then tell someone else how you have experienced God's providence, that is how he provides, how he's supplied your need, or protection, that is how he has shielded you, how he has saved you from danger this week. Would you consider that? Would you share that news with someone else? And then our final point. Verses 30 through 31. You can know who you are and whose you are. Who is your shepherd? Do you have someone who's watching over you? Do you feel that you have a protector that you can call to? Oh, friend, if you don't, there's one who waits for you to come to him. Maybe today you are even feeling drawn to this shepherd. His name is Jesus. And you need him. If you cry out even now, he will hear you. He will come to you and you can begin a relationship with him. But friends, the, the great part of a relationship with the shepherd means that you also are part of the flock. Who is your flock? I know listening on the radio or the podcast is something you can do without having a flock. Friend, you can have a flock. There are churches all around you that are waiting for you to walk through the door. One of them is Smithville Mennonite Church. And I hope you check us out online or come and see us. We would love for you to become part of of our flock, and thus be part of God's flock. I had someone once say, do I have to be in a church to be a Christian? To which I have to answer, no. But you probably won't be a Christian very long if you don't get into a church. If you don't get into a flock, Friends, there is love and protection and provision with God's people. And that's where God wants you to be. Oh, friend, I hope that you would find a flock to be a part of, a church that you can be a part of even this week. Now, maybe you need to begin that relationship with Jesus. It's so simple, but it's not easy. To find the shepherd, he's waiting for you. And to begin that relationship, all you really need to do is admit you're a sinner and you need a savior. Just admit it. We all need a shepherd. 
then believe Jesus is who he said he is. Jesus is who the Bible says he is. Just look him up in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's the Savior of the world who came and lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and then was raised again on the third day. And then, friends, you need to commit. Commit your life to following him. He will commit to you, but you need to commit to him too. Let me pray for you. Lord, whoever is needing you today, I pray that they would find you. Whoever is needing a church family, I pray that they would find that as well. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for the way you continue to bless us in so many ways and help us to be truly thankful for all those blessings. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.